you have not been with us, we've been in a series called Roots. And instead of uh, it being a sermon every week, what we've been doing is interviewing a different person or family or couple from Fieldstone each week. And basically trying to get below the surface and find out, okay, what's, what's going on in their story? Where did God come into play in their life? More than just the conversation you would have around the coffee table, okay? Uh, trying to find out exactly who they are, what they've been through, what God has meant in their life. And so today... Uh, it's a little bit of a twist because the first four weeks of this, honestly, were a little intense, okay? Uh, we had Brian and Miriam up here who should not be alive. Uh, I mean, I'm glad they're alive, but if you had heard their story, that would make more sense. Uh, may have sounded kind of mean. Um, uh, we had a couple uh, different couples up here who had said, uh, well, we had John and Tracy who were up here who said, you know, we really shouldn't be married. Like, it was a mess, and yet God came through with a miracle for them. And we had Ashley the first week sharing her story growing up as a teenager and some of the struggles with her dad and different things like that and, and, and the work that God did in her life. And we heard from Corey and, and Kim just hearing their struggles with having children and how God turned a potentially really tragic situation for them into a blessing uh, that God had in mind all along. And so we've really had some, some great encouragements and things that have come. And so today we switch gears to... Um, I guess Kathy and I are similar in that we don't really have that rags to riches, I was homeless or on drugs or whatever, and then Jesus saved me. But we both recognize that God has played an active role in our lives right from the beginning. Um, and I thought it'd be cool, especially with all the little kids here, um, to have Kathy share a little bit of her story, because uh, I'm up here all the time, and usually when I talk about her, it's something bad, because uh, I don't have a conscience. Um, <laughs> So this is her chance to have the microphone and share from her perspective uh, and a little bit of that. So Kathy, welcome to the stage. Thank you. If you would, uh, you're welcome. Uh, if you would, <laughs> this could go a lot of different directions. Um, but uh, if you would just tell these guys uh, kind of how your life got started. I mean, we know how it got started, but what happened after your life got started? Where did you grow up? What were you into? What were your childhood and teen years like? And, and, and all that good stuff. All right. Well, um, I grew up in the Grand Rapids area. And if you are familiar with that, it's a very Dutch culture. Um, yeah. Woo. No. As we all say, if you no. ain't Dutch, you ain't much. <laughs> so sorry about the rest of y'all. Okay. Um, I'm the youngest of five. My parents owned a uh, Dutch bakery that I grew up working in since I was born really. Um, so that, uh, that was, I mean, that shaped a lot of who I am, just knowing how to work hard. Um, and my dad was like, if you're going to talk, you got to still have to move your hands. You still have to work while you're talking. So, um, but part of, uh, the, the culture that I grew up in, I would say is, um, I mean, it's, there's a lot of common sense there. Okay. So, I mean, it was a really good environment. Uh, I grew up in church and uh, even went to church every Sunday, if not twice. Um, but uh, it was a lot of, you know, made sense. You know, you make sensible decisions based on uh, finances or, you know, you gather the data and you make a good decision. And um, it's and a little bit, uh, did it become a little bit predictable almost? Like people, you yeah. kind of knew where people were going to end yeah. up based on what was the most common sense right. decision yep. to make. Yeah, and I would say overall, not my family wasn't unusual. It was, you know, we're just like a lot of the yeah. other families yeah there. big big like Dave Ramsey financial peace yeah. culture things like that so uh, before we get too deep into that what what kind of stuff uh, took up your time like as a teenager what were some of the things that you really got into um, sports 
sports. I mean, if you know me, you know sports is one of my biggest We do have passions. some pictures up there <laughs> from back in the day. Actually, the deer was last year, and I'm yeah. still recovering from that situation. <laughs> um, I thought you brought me up here to tell my deer story. No, no, no. We don't no, have no. time we for that? We don't need to tell the deer story. I will say this. She shot. Uh, the Powell family has had this property for 50 years. This will be our 50th year hunting on the property. Here comes Kathy. Oh, what's hunting all about? Let's try. Let's give this a try. And so she tried it, and she got into it. And then all of a sudden, last year, she shoots the biggest deer any of us have ever seen on the property. <laughs> in my tree. In, in his So uh, I was happy for her. <laughs> uh, so basically... Uh, all that to say, Kathy's good at everything, which is wonderful. It's wonderful. <laughs> no. Uh, and, Stay on okay. track. Oh, sorry. So you, do, you did the sports thing growing yeah. up, very successful. And how, how, what role does that play in, in life now? What kind of stuff, how is that kind of carried over? Um, well, I mean, for one, you know, my life is full of sports now, whether I'm coaching or um, my kids are in sports or we're watching sports or going to a sporting event. So I love that. Um, you know, I just, it kind of just, uh, it was one of those things where as I was growing up, uh, people knew me for my sports. You know, I'd go to church and then, you know, someone would be like, oh, how's basketball going or how's track going or something, you know. And it kind of became a thing where it was like, um, I, I felt like that was my identity. And I mean, I was, a, I was good. I won a lot of awards. Um, and so, you know, it kind of became one of those things where I was like, oh, well, if I get this, then, you know, that'll... That'll be, that'll be good. But it, it turned out that, you know, winning and uh, earning awards, it didn't, it didn't give me fulfillment like you think it would. And so I think part of transitioning from, you know, being that athlete to an adult was just kind of, you know, learning that sports is something that I do and I love, but it's not who I am. And so I kind of had to kind of find, learn and find my identity outside of just sports and um, you found it in your husband, as a woman should, right? No, that's not true. And I don't believe that. If it's your first time at Fieldstone, I need to stop saying stupid things like that. To be like, this church is not healthy. Um, so, <laughs> okay, so uh, tell us a little bit more about the West Michigan Dutch culture thing. Uh, you, you got into some of the, the themes you come across, the common sense, a little bit of predictability. You're looking for security, things like that. Um, what kind of things get passed down through family, you know, good or, you know, positive or negative? Well, um, in the church environment that I grew up in, uh, like I said, we went pretty much every Sunday. We went, you know, twice on Sundays, whether the air conditioning was working or not. And, you know, um, I, I felt like uh, I, I got baptized as an infant. I did what we call profession of faith as a, you know, sixth grader, I think it was. I probably asked Jesus in my heart five or six times, you know, um, just to be sure. Um, and I kind of <laughs> felt like, I kind of felt like... Are you in there, Jesus? <laughs> uh, it, did, it didn't, um, until I got into college and I really started questioning why I believed what I believed spiritually, um, I kind of felt like I just did, you know, this is what we believe. You know, I could ask my mom something. It's just, it's just what we do, you know, and... And for the record, my mom has a high voice, so... <laughs> she does sound she, like she that, She talks yeah. like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, so it was kind of one of those things where, uh, spiritually, I felt like I kind of believed things because that's what my grandparents believed, and, hmm. and that's what my parents believed, and it's just the way that you do it. It's just the way you do it. And I didn't really feel like I owned, um, I owned it 
And I, it wasn't really my own faith. Gotcha. So, so good things, godly things, you know, important things, but not necessarily deep and personal and transforming things if they're done for the wrong reasons right. and, and without kind of a personal desperation for what, for what God brings. Interesting. Okay, so, so that's the, bre- the background that you're bringing into late teens, into adulthood. Um, where did some of the tension points come as you got into young adulthood? W- with that background, as you started to kind of get into your own life, where, where did some of that start to play out? It immediately started when I started dating Justin. Um, <laughs> I mean, my parents expected me, I'm pretty sure, to marry some 6'4", blonde-haired, blue-eyed uh, athlete, and he was not any of those things. And oh, I mean, so, I mean... Oh, he does have blue eyes. <laughs> he does have blue eyes. Here, there's a picture of what they were expecting up there. I think there's one on there. Did I include it, Michelle, or no? It was a picture of Brad Pitt in his younger years. That, I think that's, that's what they were looking for out of a son-in-law. And, uh, I mean, it's a match because I have a nose and a couple eyes. Um, but so. You're my Brad Pitt, though, so it's all good. I think this Kleenex is up here. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, okay, so, yeah, it kind of started, though, when I, when I started dating Justin because he wasn't yeah. the typical what my parents thought. In fact, even just some, some Christian parents might be happy because, you know, their daughter is marrying somebody who's going into ministry and, and, um, and kind of, you know, growing spiritually. And I felt like my family was like, uh, is, a, is a youth pastor even a real job? Like, do you get paid for that? And do they have insurance? And... So I think there was a big concern. The answer is sometimes. Yes. <laughs> so that was a big concern for my parents, just knowing that, that he was going to be able to provide for me or, you know, that that was going to be a real thing. And then, um, you know, I, I guess that was kind of the biggest thing. And then just, you know, trying to, like, the way that I grew up and then starting to kind of make faith my own and decide what I believed uh, one of the things that we did, uh, I decided to get baptized again, and my parents kind of, now, when you say again, for people that are like, what do you mean again? Um, what, what do you mean again? Well, I told you already. I got baptized as an infant. So oh, you did say that already? Yeah. Thanks for listening. Um, <laughs> so, you know, in the church that I grew up in, we did infant baptism and then uh, profession of faith when you were older. And uh, so I decided that um, I felt like I wanted to get baptized again to do a public profession of my faith. And... Um, and my parents weren't thrilled with that. I remember my mom saying, like, but what we did before, that doesn't count, you know? And I was like, oh, I mean, that counted, but, you know, it's different. So, um, and I, I mean, like, my dad didn't even end up coming to see me get baptized. Um, it was too long of a drive, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, so I think that was, that was a big tension for my family um, on top of the guy I was pretty interested in at the time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so what about, so you hit on kind of having to transition because you, you hit on the, the sports thing, and in that area, even even like high school athletes are just overly celebrated, you know, for athletic accomplishments. So you kind of had to transition out of that identity, transitioned out of the tradition of religion that you grew up in, had to transition out of marrying Brad Pitt. Um, but so as you got even older, and some of this you know, obviously I'm trying to pretend like I don't know, but I, I lived it with you, but um, time came to potentially move away, which is also kind of a big no-no 
in the West Michigan yeah. adult yeah, Dutch I mean, culture. Most people kind of live at home until they get married. Um, and, you know, that's just, it is how it is. It's financially probably pretty smart, but, um, no, no, I, so we, so we were, he was working at a church, uh, we were pretty involved with in Grand Rapids and, um, we just kind of felt like it was time to go, but I kind of never wanted to move away from Grand Rapids. Um, and I believe I probably said that, you know, I don't want to move. I never want to move, you know, cause you're comfortable. I had a good job. All my friends lived close in the area. Um, we had a we had a great babysitter for our kids at the time, um, you know. So it just was it was comfortable, it was safe, and you know, logically it was a really good situation. Why would we ever leave that good situation? But so for you, it was some of that what you experienced growing up of make the practical decision, the the almost predictable decision, the comfortable decision was at odds with the potential move that was coming up. Right, yeah. Okay. And honestly, I didn't, I didn't want to move. I, I mean, that was a big struggle for, for us to even kind of open it up to going anywhere, I think. Was, that was tough yeah. for me. Yeah. So what made it okay to go? Because as you're struggling with, okay, we, because we love God, we're willing to go anywhere, um, and yet not really wanting to go anywhere, what made it okay at at some point, uh, I mean, I assume it was okay to leave because we did leave. Um, hopefully you're not harboring bitterness uh, at this point still. But So no. what finally made it okay to go in your mind and in your heart? Well, I can't say that there was a, a switch that flipped or anything, so I don't have a magical answer for you, except I feel like um, I, I, I did a lot of praying. Um, there were some conversations that I had with uh, with a pastor that we're pretty close with and, um, you know, just seeking God and I think just the faith and I felt like God really changed my heart from one that was like, well, this is safe and this is comfortable to I've got really great things for you out there and, and just be open to what I have for you. And so I think, you know, during the journey of kind of figuring out where we were going to go from our our previous church to whatever was out there next, because it was literally, I mean, we, we went to a church in Wisconsin, thought that was going to be the spot. Um, you know, he had talked to churches all over the country, and, you know, you, you're like, oh, yeah, we could go to Florida, and then you're like, oh, we could go to Montana, uh, you know, so not that Montana would be bad either, but, um, you know, it was kind of like, God could take us anywhere, but this is where my family is, and this is where my friends are, and, um all those are going to take me far away from them. So yeah, so so that season uh, we moved, and then a couple years ago decided to start this church. Did did those did some of those tensions resurface, or was that a different experience for you with that transition? Um, well, after we when we did end, end up moving over here initially, um, I kind of I felt like you know we both found, it was better than we could have imagined. You know, got a great job. Um, and, and I felt like we got a perfect house for us at the time and it didn't make any sense why we'd, we would be able to move into that house and, and that it would be available to us for the price it was available. Um, and so I kind of just felt like after that, after that situation, you know, how could I doubt God? How could I doubt that, you know, when, when you started bringing up the, the whole idea of planting a church, which for the record... I have said many of times in my life, I do not want to plant a church. So, um, 
one of the biggest things that I've learned is don't say those things. <laughs> because, you know, I just kind of feel like God's like, well, you never know. So, if, um, but yeah, and then, you know, the same thing. So when we were, at, you know, at Northridge and then um, looking at what our next steps were, yes, it was, it was scary uh, for sure. And same situation. Oh, I have all these friends here and plugged in here and, you know, just... Um, there's, there was so much unknown with, with planting a church, you know, there's, it was scary, you know, like, okay, well, suddenly, you know, we're, we're down to one income, and, and, you know, like, well, what if no one wants to come with us, and what if no one shows up, and, you know, all those, all those things. I wonder that every week, actually. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it was super scary, Um, but on the other hand, I kind of felt really um, at peace about, okay, well, God, provided for us before in this situation and made it better than we could have ever imagined. So why wouldn't he do the same again? And, and who am I to doubt? Yeah. Okay. So really you, you were able to kind of learn through some of the experience you were having. So as you look back on the last 10 or 15 years of kind of growing out of the tradition you grew up in and growing out of fear of transition, what are some of the things that you hold on to that are like, you know, this is what I take away from this. These are some of the truths that I, that I hold on to because of some of those experiences. Um, trusting God is number one, you know, uh, and it's easy to say, but it's hard to do because it's really good to know that you're going to be able to pay your bills. You know, it's, it's comfortable. Um, it's really nice to know that you're going to uh, live in an area where you have people who are going to be able to take care of your kids, you know, um, so that was a big thing is just trusting God that he's going to provide, trusting God that he's going to um, put us in a good situation better than we could even imagine. And then, um, and also just uh, not being, like, don't get stuck in the safe thing because you never know what kind of, how God can fill in the gaps. And, you know, we've seen that um, he's done that really in amazing ways and sometimes it's just been the people like people that are sitting here have filled in the gaps and so it's been a really cool experience yeah for sure a couple verses i want to throw out to wrap up and and then we'll get out of here uh there's more and more fans going up as i look around um isaiah 55 verses 8 to 9 god says for my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are your ways my ways declares the lord as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts And then Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. I think, you know, thinking about Kathy's journey uh, in her own life, our journey together as a couple, um, I think we've come to see that God has thoughts and plans that are way beyond our comprehension. Okay, He, He sees the bigger picture. He sees things from a different perspective. And he can guide us through some of those changes and transitions because of what he sees, because of what he knows, and because of what he's planning. And, and, and I think if, if you'll just acknowledge his guidance, if you'll acknowledge his role in your life, um, you, you'll leave some space for him to come through. You know, because like Kathy said, we really spend our whole lives planning God out of the equation, saving up enough. Let's get to this point before we do that. Let's make sure this is figured out before we go here. Now, there's, there's wisdom in planning, for sure. But when we use those things to, to keep ourselves from taking a step in God's direction because we want to have our ducks in a row, we want every question answered, 
We plan God out of the equation. And when we do that, we miss out on so much that he could do in our lives that we may not know about until it happens. And so a couple of things to send you home with. Adults, especially those of you as parents, tell your stories to your kids. The things that God has done for you, the, the situations where you've seen him come through, the answers to prayer, pass those stories on because those stories will help them when their stories get going. And it's time for them to, to decide, am I going to trust God in this direction or am I going to wait? I'm going to wait and just everything figured out and plan him out of the equation. And that'll, that'll be a huge encouragement to them as they get out on their own faith adventures. Now, kids, whether you're kindergarten, first, second grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, high school, whatever age you're at, take pride in the family tree that you're a part of, but be ready to chase God's dreams for you, okay? Because you have very important traditions in your family. You have very important things to be a part of. Cherish those, love those, embrace those. But when it's time, be ready to move on to the things that God has for you. That doesn't mean denouncing your family, and for some of you, that might mean moving across the state. Some of you, that might mean taking a different job than maybe you were thinking as an eighth, eighth grader or ninth grader. Whatever God has for you, chase that down, even if it maybe means leaving some traditions and leaving the things that you grew up with, because God might have something bigger for you outside of those things. That might be uh, sports traditions, academic traditions, family businesses. Certainly, you share in those things. But your faith isn't transferable from your parents and your grandparents. It has to be yours. You have to have your experiences and your interaction with Jesus. That's yours. That's yours. And that's what makes our family trees great when those things get passed down. Um, so for all of us, um, we have our own adventure, our one-on-one -on -one with Jesus. And so if you're out there and you're clinging to something that was someone else's, whether that's a friend that you've just kind of latched on to what they're doing, or a, a parent or a grandparent or an, another relative, um, that's fine. That can be a starting point. But our faith has to be a one-on-one -on -one experience with Christ and not something that is just passed down through the family tree. The truth is passed down. The experiences can be passed down. But your faith has to be your own. So hopefully we can walk out of here with that encouragement today. Um, and mom and dad, as your kids start to chase some of their own dreams, I mean... Wisdom, guidance, absolutely. Pass on some truth in, in relation to what they're doing, but be ready to let them go chase their dreams because God might have something for them that you just, you just can't anticipate. So let me pray for you and we'll get out of here. God, thank you for a great time together. Uh, I pray that as we go out, we'll take some of this and, and hopefully apply some of it to our own lives as, as I'm sure you have some adventures waiting for all of us in our own way. In Jesus' name, amen.